Podcast. And I watched my mother do the same thing. She had a good paying job, good benefits, and uh, she hated it. Um, and uh, she used to hate her work so much that she would actually be nauseous in the morning. She would throw up before going to work. And um, I witnessed that as a child and just, I was always asking the question, is this it? Is this what it means to live? I was asking the question actively and I appreciated I had such gratitude for them for what they were doing. And yet at the same time, I had another feeling, a deep sense of, but this isn't why I'm here. There's so much more to this. And I knew that they were doing the best they can they could with you know with where they were. But I I made a conscious decision as a child. I can remember thinking this. I will never, I will never live to survive. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful beings, to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna here with your host, Harrison, with a powerful energy, as always, to share with you today. Before I get into the chat, get into this dialogue that I have prepped for you, you found yourself in another episode where remember that the intention of the Cosmic Love Antenna is to help you pull back the layers, restricting health, alignment, and love. And today is no exception to that. With the masculine guest that I just alluded to, we're going to get into a deep dive of what it means to thrive and live in life, right? Rather, but to live for a living, as my beautiful guest likes to say. Before I pass to him, I want to remind everyone that if you get a bit of gems, get some gems out of this chat today, if you get some value, get some love, remember you can share this conversation with someone that you care about very deeply. Remember the intention as well of this podcast is to reach as many hearts as possible. So when you share it, you not only help me build this platform, but you get to help people as well. You can also leave your reviews. And if you click on the links in the show notes, you can actually go to my website and jump on my newsletter. So you stay up to date with these episodes and all the freebies. With that, I want to introduce my guest today. Jamal Javanji is a powerful, best-selling author. He is a life coach. He's a podcaster, much like myself. But as is the trend here on the Cosmic Love Antenna, he is a powerful masculine heart with a lot of love to give. We're going to dive deeply in today about a little bit about what life coaching is, because much like myself, this powerful man really delves into these areas. We're going to get into how to live for a living, common root causes of suffering, why spirituality helps us heal, and so much more. Jamal, thanks for joining me, my friend. Oh, it is such a pleasure to be on your show with you. And uh, I love I love the fact that we get to do this today. Me too, sir. And just a question, you know, as a, you're the first sort of fellow podcaster that I've got to interview here, as well as, you know, I, you know, doing the, all the beautiful things you're doing in the world. How, how is that intro to you? What are your, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that introduction, the way that I set the stage here in this from a, another podcast's perspective? Uh, you know, I love that you asked that question, uh, just because as you were introducing the conversation, um, I literally can feel the intention you're setting for the conversation. I love that because you're, it's not just, um, I think sometimes people approach podcasts 
as almost the, the intro as a filler that you get past to get into the episode. And uh, what I love is that the, that you're in your, your intro is in the central part of this conversation. Like it, it, you're creating space, um, not just physically, but energetically in so many ways to, for this to unfold. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. I love that. You are very intuitive, my friend. That's exactly what I'm doing. The, you, so thank you for the love. I receive it. The, the creating space element is uh, exactly the intention. I have a, um, I spent a lot of time on Clubhouse. All the people listening to this episode uh, listen to me on Clubhouse and I have a community on Clubhouse called Holding Space. So I, mm. I, try, and, I try and bring that to the podcast environment as well and just to make you feel comfortable to be your beautiful self. So thank you, sir, for that analysis. Uh, all right. Let's get into it, Jamal. I want to hear about you and your story and all the gifts that you want to share today. I want to, I want to, I do want to get into the all of your things that you're doing right now. And I think that's the most important piece. However, people don't know you. People don't know your heart. They can feel you're ready. But I think it, it is worth a bit of time going a little bit into your story and why you are the heart that you are today. How I like to do this, sir, is honing in on a specific pain teacher, right? We all have pain lessons that have led us to who we are today. And I'm wondering, my friend, so we can learn a little bit about you. What, what comes up when I ask you, what was the most significant pain teacher in your story that led you to the work that you're doing today? Uh, first, that was, that's probably the most fantastic question I've been asked on the podcast. You're welcome. Uh, that is such a great question. Um, well, there has been a major pain, you know, I became aware of pain, uh, in my life uh, as far back as I can remember. And the, the biggest, I think if I were to put a word on it, that, what would the word specific word be? That was my pain teacher. It would be the, the word abandonment, abandonment mm-hmm. or loss. Um, there it's was, all, I've all, it, it's a huge, huge. And a lot of that comes from, uh, just generational dynamics, specifically on my mother's side, um, a bit some on my father's side too, but really predominantly in the, in the, that was really cultivated in the relationship, kind of relationship I had with my mom. And um, I can remember being three years old, specifically um, having an awareness that unless I, and this was how it felt to me, unless I did something to help my mother, she wasn't going to be around for me. It was an awareness. It was a knowing. So this, this, this created in me, um, it, it created in me a desire to help, to serve, to love, even as a, as a child, um, which is, a, you know, essential part of um, the work that I'm doing today. And I, and so I see the intentionality of having that family dynamic um, for me to move into my work but the pro- the pain part part of this was was so much of my desire to assist my mom kind of to become the parent even as a 3-year-old was a desire um that if i could somehow help her then that, then she could be present to me in the way i needed her to be present to me then i could feel safe i could feel grounded taken care of all of the things i ne- i needed I, I as a child and um was not able to receive that so that was a, a huge fear. And I remember as a child, just really being a f- almost convinced uh, that uh, my mother would leave the house, go to work and never come home. I was, I was waiting for that day to happen, waiting for that shoe to drop. And that caused um, 
uh, tremendous amount of psychological um, and spiritual and emotional distress. And uh, that was the story of my life that just, it changed forms. The stories changed um, the older I got, but that theme never left until I had to face it. So thank you for sharing that Jamal. And Mm -hmm. you don't know this, but uh, what you just shared, I, so both personally and and sounds like you do as well, but both in my, the work that I do, I spend a lot of time helping people with inner child work, inner child dynamics, healing the inner child. And a lot of those themes uh, in your story, the abandonment wound, the reoccurring nature that kept showing up not to punish us, but so we can heal it so we can move on. A lot of the listeners can relate to that too. So I want to say thank you for sharing that. And if you're out there in the podcast world and you can connect to what Jamal is saying in your unique expression of your path, you know, know that that is really a big reason why I wanted to have this chat with him today, not just to hear about all of the gifts he has for the world, but so you, the listener, feel like you're not alone, right? As uh, even hearing Jamal personally, while our stories are different, a lot of themes, right? a lot of recurring themes, and it really shows us that not only do the pain does the pain help us expand, but we don't have to be alone in that expansion, right? We can seek a coach, we can seek a practitioner, we can seek a community to realize, oh, not only is this doable, but I can do this in a tribe. So thank you, sir. Thank you for sharing that. Let's let's shift here now. So that's a beautiful foundation. I want to start this chat. The theme, like I mentioned at the start, is I think it's the name of your book, you know, Live for a Living. I really want to go deeper into all the aspects of this. But I think where I want to begin is really defining what it is that you do for a living. <laughs> what I mean for that is, you know, the term life coach is, is very hot at the moment. And I would classify myself within that designation. I'm, I would say, you know, I, I, I nuance it in regards to sort of more of a holistic, uh, spiritual view of it, but it's all very similar, all very same sort of methodology. And I had a, a friend the other day come up and ask me, what what's a life coach? What does a life coach do? And I had my own answer, but I'm interested, my friend, as we set this stage here to go deeper, how do you define what a life coach is? Great question. Fantastic question. Um, I get this, I get asked this a lot too, as well. And for me, one of the things I like to share with folks when I get asked this question is <clears throat> the history of even the term coach. Uh, so this isn't, this isn't well known, but before modern transportation, you know, people would travel horse buggy to get from point A to point B. And uh, if you had some means and you wanted to, to need assistance on a journey, then you would hire a coach. And a coach was somebody who just drove the horse and buggy to get somebody from point A to point B. It was a, a mode of transportation. It was a facilitator of transportation. That's why sometimes today, you know, uh, we, we talk about traveling um, by, you know, bike coach when it, when it comes to coach on the plane or coach bus, or it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's associated with transportation, even though also in athletics, we have coaches in athletics, but the idea is that here's an athlete that has an in, in, in inherent skills within themselves, but need help maximizing those skills to get from point A to point B to hit, you know, to hit the benchmarks that they want to hit 
when it comes to their athletic performance. The idea is the same. The journey. Um, the way I like the journey for sure. Yeah. And I like to look at it this way that life is uh, really life is simply a flow. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's, it's a flow. It's true. If you think of a river, you know, it's um, what's the difference between a river and a lake, a pond, you know, it's, it's all about Moving. movement. It's a river. It's movement. Sure. And, 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 you know, our suffering most for many of us, the suffering is not really rooted in the fact of, of the way life is. It's, it's rooted in our inability to flow with mm. life. So that resistance to that flow, to that movement creates so much internal, you know, suffering and stress and resistance and all that kind of thing. So it, specifically when I, when it comes to life coaching, so um, my, I, the way I, yeah, I, the way I see my role and again, this is the coaching industry is kind of like the wild west, right. Of, uh, of, of, uh, of, a, of an industry, right. It's not, not very regulated. So it can mean a lot of different things, but for me, my understanding of life coaching is really helping a person on this journey. Right. So I want to assist them as they move from point A to point B on this journey, this river of life. And one of the ways I do that is by helping people reduce internal states of resistance, and so as we reduce resistance, then because flow is happening, right? If you're, if you're in a river and you're resisting the river, you're not going to either going to get tired out really quickly and drown, or, you know, you'll, um, you're not going to let the river's not going to take you where it wants to take you. But if we can reduce resistance, learn to work with the river, then the river will take you where it's going to take you. And that's what we all want is to, to get to where we're going on this journey. It's a beautiful image, my friend. And I think when I imagine that same sort of support, I think a, an analogy that I would add on top of this, since you use the river, I would add into the river and the resistance that you were talking about, uh, you know, and we're probably going to get into this in a, se- in a bit later, but this is really where you can also factor in the difference between making a choice from the ego and making the choice from the, from the spiritual heart, right? That in that river, that flow to make it just basic and not too complicated. There are really two main directions you can go in that river, right? You're already, you're going upstream in the river and pushing against that resistance that you were talking about, or you're letting go, you're surrendering and you're flowing down that river and Mm -hmm. and sort of letting it take you in the direction that is, you could call meant for you. So it's, I would add on to that. The coach not only supports with that flow, the coach supports with the direction of the flow that is for your highest good. Right. Mm. And the Ram Das quote sort of comes in that I'm sure you're familiar with is that, you know, we're all walking each other home and the coach mm. walks you home down that river in the direction that's highest potential. Does that resonate mm. for you, sir? Uh, it totally does. I, I love that. I love that distinction because I, I think, for so many of us in our cultures and societies and we're, we're conditioned and trained to, you know, to just push through and to, you know, to, to hustle and make it work and go against the grain and this kind of thing. And it's, and it's, it's, it's literally another way to put this is we're taught to swim upstream. Right. And life's hard when you swim upstream. Um, I'm all about, <clears throat> I think life should be easy. And, and people like get triggered when I say that. I no, it, I, I didn't say it, there weren't there weren't going to be challenges. There's always challenges, 
but but life should be easy and it's it can be easy when when you're allowing the river to the river of life to use that analogy to support you yes and take you where yes. it wants to take you yes so such a that's i love that it's such a such an important distinction you just made there that life life should be easy there are challenges but ideally when you're in those challenges you are guided and assisted by something you know more than yourself right so the question is how do we connect to that more than yourself we'll we'll get into that Jamal, thank you for that breakdown. Thank you. That was beautiful, sir. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take that next time someone asks me the question. I was like, this is this is what we're gonna do. This is the it's very poetic. It, it really sets up the story that we're gonna make together. Let's go now, sir, into I'm gonna go into some fundamentals. Right. So if we're living for a living, we understand that concept. We we've, you know, we've maybe brought a coach into our lives to support us with this. In your opinion. What are some basic fundamentals? And I know that this could go off in many different tangents. So we'll try and aim to keep this simple for the listener. When you when people come to you, or maybe you're you're talking about this on your podcast, or you're explaining this after the life coach uh, understanding. In your opinion, what are the what are some fundamentals of health that people really need to understand to start leaning into that that river analogy to make things a little bit easier? What comes up around that? Okay. Great question. So what are some of the fundamentals of health? Yeah. So to speak? Yeah. So, so for example, like, you know, uh, from people come to see me, I really start to look at their emotional well-being. We just talked about the inner child Inner child will be one for me. Uh, we start to look at the, their environment they live in, right. The foods they're putting in their body, how they're shifting and moving throughout the day. Those would be examples. Mm. Absolutely. Fantastic. You know, I think some of the fundamentals of health is that, that we're, in alignment with the way life is. I know that sounds kind of cliche, but to, because we're so conditioned to be out of alignment. So I love, you know, so there's physical components to this. There's mental components of this, obviously spiritual components to it. So what, what I like to, uh, one fundamental is um, I like to, I like to say our starting point, the awareness of our starting point should be that all we have to work with is everything. Now, the reason uh, I, I say that is because for myself and many others I work with, this may not be a conscious thought, but the unconscious programming is, is that there's just, we were working with limited resources. Um, there's a limited amount of time. There's a limited amount of energy. There's a limited amount of money or whatever else love. There's a limited amount of love. But when that's our starting point, when you start from that place, um, you're already in a place of um, resistance deficit. at a physiological level. Yep. You're in a deficit. There's a, that creates a fight or flight kind of survival basis of, of operating. There's a, we're in a survival state and it, it's uh, it's really, really challenging to create the life that you are here to create when your starting point is deficit. So I like this non-negotiable of health or a first fundamental of health is realizing that everything begins in the same place. Everything that exists begins in one place. And what we know from the breakthroughs and just from a scientific perspective with quantum mechanics is we know that everything begins in the field, the, the field of, of, of infinite um, 
possibilities, sometimes it's called, but the quantum field. So what's there in that field? Mm. Everything. Potentiality for everything is there. So I always say, all you have to work with is everything. So you got to start in the right place. So because I was conditioned with, there's not enough time, there's not enough money, a lot of poverty. Mm. I grew up, you know, uh, my mother and father's background were both um, rooted in in, uh, lots of generational poverty. So kind of, you know, coming into the world and getting into life, that was my conditioning that uh, what we have to work with is very little and very little is possible. That immediately creates resistance um, in the body and in the mind and the spirit, which creates inflammation, which creates yeah. all the things that it leads all the things totally. So that's a non-negotiable. That's a, a fundamental. That's a big one. Is, yeah. Yeah. I love how you started with this. Uh, and I mean, this is again, you're hitting on a lot of themes that I talk about on this podcast a lot this idea of, and I want to be careful with my words. I do, I do think we need to take responsibility with the reality that we tap into or don't tap into. But I also like bringing awareness to the fact that that lack and that deficit mindset that a lot of us start with is by design in many ways it, due to a lot of the systems at play in the world. And I'm not here to be it's conspiratorial. It's very evident to look at, right? Look at, you know, a lot of the big systems at play from, you know, big food, right? From big pharmaceutical companies, from big agriculture, from big, you know, all these things. And again, we need to take responsibility, but we also need to see that when we come into this existence, there is a big hill that we're starting from, like in terms of fighting up against. And again, going back to the beautiful analogy that Jamal started with, with the river, I think it's realizing that, again, you don't have to do this alone, right? So if you're listening to this and you're finding, ah, it's easy for Jamal to say, it's easy for Harrison to say that, you know, I need to lean back into the abundance that's inside of me that is already there. If you're struggling with this, right, realize it's not a sign of inferiority to seek support, right? We are, we are spiritual beings, but we're also human beings and how this human being works is in a tribe a lot of the time. Mm. So if that hill is becoming insurmountable for you to get through at first, seek help. Does that resonate, sir? Absolutely. It's, it absolutely resonates. And I, I'm glad you brought it up because this isn't about, you know, sometimes people, when they hear this, they, they feel guilty or like, you know, they're being blamed. It's like, no, 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 we, th- there are systems, well entrenched systems in place that from day one have been, have are designed to keep, human beings from realizing their potentiality. That's been my observation uh, from keeping up, keeping us from moving into our inherent sovereignty or inherent power, because when we do that, then those systems are no longer useful or needed. And there's a fear there. And even the folks who, who, who have constructed those systems or maybe who are um, perpetuating them there, there, that is mirroring their, their, they're a fear that they were, you know, we can, we can go all the way back to childhood with those folks, yes. right? Of, yes. It's a survival-based fear. Yes. So <clears throat> it's the very system, much. The system creates the people that perpetuate the system. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, the way I look at it is that this isn't conscious, you know, because if somebody knew that, the, that this was coming from their own pain, they would never perpetuate a system. Yes. Um, but it, but it just seems like the best way. So I know that a lot of folks who, 
you know, when you're, when you're raised on this planet and grow up, grow up, especially in the Western world and the, in the quote unquote, the, you know, the, the first world, I mean, it's yeah. everywhere, but, but just speaking from, my, you know, my context, it is, um, there's a lot of years of, of just indoctrination yes. into thinking that sickness is normative that we can manage it. Yep. You know, that uh, the best you can do is to it's a part of focus aging. on survival and part of aging, focus on survival. Maybe we'll, you know, focus on getting, you know, good education so we can get a good, good, well-paying job, good benefits. And then you can pay the bills and, you know, survive pretty well. And, you know, so we're conditioned to do that. But I always say that's a very different thing than living. That's survival. You know, it's not living. Um, so you're, it's, a, it's a great point you're making. Yeah. And we could, uh, <laughs> I can feel it, Jamal. We could do a whole episode just on this. But uh, I want to I talk about a few more things here while I have time with you. And yeah, I just I thank you for that that share because it's so it's so important for people to listen as you were explaining i'm thinking about all the people i love in my life that really need to hear this message one other fundamental i want to hit on i want to get your take on and then i want to shift here just to another some other questions i want to ask you is so that that realization of that potential inside of us i think yeah it's key but then i think the next place we could take it in terms of fundamental for health is going back to what you talked about at the start of the conversation with the inner child elements, but more broadly, I would I would summarize it as bringing the unconscious to conscious awareness, right? Mm. So the the traumas, the things that we've moved through in child, the things that ancestral going back, you know, past lives. If you want to talk about those sort of things, but I think the common theme, and this is what I want to get your take on, is whether it be through modalities, whether it be through working with a therapist, whether it be through, you know, meditation, whatever it is, really having an active practice of bringing the unconscious elements to the conscious awareness that are dictating your life through projecting out into the outside world. So now you take control of them again and can rewrite them to step into that potential you were talking about. Thoughts, mm. my friend. I think it's essential. I think I love what you're saying. I, I think it's essential um, the, the only way in my, in my understanding here, the, the only way to get where we quote unquote want to go, if that, if we want to use that analogy or, or to go where life wants to take us is, is through this in, 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 integrative process where this process of, um, um, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's, it's, it's a process where everything belongs, right. Where we're taking the whole and we're bringing it in and connecting it. Um, there's no way to get there externally, you know, so that the shift, obviously our eyes, you know, the way our eyes are positioned in our bodies, we look outwards. So we're, you know, we're, this is to give us this experience. We're looking at, you know, we have the, the senses, the sight, the hearing, the taste, the touch. Um, but none of those things will actually give us our life, <clears throat> which is sounds crazy. We actually need to, I always say, turn around, like stand up and turn around, p p pivot the, point of, a, of awareness from the external to the internal. And that is a, an essential process because then we start to see the framework from which we've been conditioned, right? The unconscious programming, we begin to see the tendencies that not only come from, from us, but come from our parents, come from maybe their generations. Some of the energetic patterns, maybe they, you know, that go way beyond even this lifetime. Totally. That's when we begin to come awake to those things. Mm -hmm is when we, we stand up to turn inward to get a look at that. And that's when we realize, and, and I always say this to people just very practically, um, 
there are a lot of things we don't seemingly have control over, right? Mm -hmm. We don't control our political situation in the way that we may think. We don't have control over so many of the, of the institutions that exist at a global level and what they're doing. But one of the things we actually do have control over, full control over, is our internal state of being. Mm-hmm. Even through the, 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 the programming through which we are allowing ourselves to, yes. to function and, and dictate life through it, a lot of, we actually have an ability to see it and to take full control over it. Yes. And that's a huge, huge opportunity that we all have. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't make it, ta- it has nothing to do with how much money or time mm-hmm. or where you're born or what, who your family is. Every one of us have an ability to become conscious of our consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's a good t-shirt right there. My friends become conscious of our consciousness and uh, it actually flows into what I want to ask you next here, but just to take a step backwards, one of the points that you said the framework, the framework in which we interpret the world through, or the framework in which maybe our belief systems have been structured on, you know, I want people to be very clear and understand that that framework can be shifted, right? Just because one framework has been programmed, you know, this goes back to your point of, you know, becoming conscious of our consciousness. That's the same thing with that framework, right? You, it, just because something is projected onto you, we need to remember that we are creative beings, right? And there is creation energy in the act of holding on to a belief system, right? The fact that we're holding on to a framework that is dictating our actions, that is creation energy. And just like we have the same amount of creation energy to hold onto that framework, that belief system, those, those ways in which we interpret the, the systems projecting their, their, their roles onto us, we have the same amount of creation energy to both let that old framework go and create a new one from our own paradigm, right? In any direction that you wish, right? So, yeah, I love this chat, my friend. A lot of a lot of deep and deep slash high level sort of components here that I, I hope that people listening can take away and add into their lives, right? Let's. I want to shift, my friend, to the topic of your, the name of your book. And it is, you know, live for a living. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's the live. Is there a subtitle? It's living for a living, living for a living. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Explain. And we've been hitting on it in many ways. Let's, I want to give me a quick definition or explanation of what that means for people. And then I want to go into a couple elements here. So what, when people ask you around that title, what does this really mean? Mm, So yeah, good question. Um, Well, the reason I I like, I picked the title living for a living is because it's kind of a, you know, how many, you know, that's the common question. Catchy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I, I don't know, uh, cause I know you're, you're in, in Australia, but in the States here, people say, Hey, what do you do for a living? That's the common question that someone's getting to know you, you know, what do you do for a living? Typically I understand the question and I know what people mean by it. it I, I, it's always kind of been a, a little pet peeve of mine um, because I think it, which should be rephrased a bit instead of asking what, what, what's really meant by that question is what do you do for money? Or what do you do for survival? And it's kind of, it's a deceptive question because it's, what do you do for a living? It's like, well, these aren't, these aren't oftentimes because of our programming and our systems in the world, we are, we are programmed to live for survival. We call it living, Mm -hmm. living, you know, what do you do for a living? It's what do you do to survive? Yeah. 
and and I grew and, up in the house. Jamal, sorry okay. to interrupt you. It's just because it's bubbling yeah. up. I, I think most people are even asking that question because they're projecting from their space of insecurity and in safety, right? They're asking you as if what you are saying is going to make them feel better, right? I, I just I just want to say that because I see it as well, my friend. And I think a lot of us, again, going back to the unconscious, becoming conscious, right? Look at the role that our projections are playing. Sorry, just wanted to add that. Keep going. Oh, please. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, no, that, that you're so right. People are, this is where we're, you know, where we're conditioned to come from, right? A place of it's, it's, it's fear. It's what are we going to do? How are we going to make it? Are we going to be okay? It's these, these fundamental questions. And, um, what are you doing to do, to, to, to answer this question? Because this is a question on my heart, you know, am I going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? And, um, I grew up in a household where because of my parents, uh, their history and their generational trauma. I mean, they worked really hard. And that was the number one question. My dad grew up in a little, little island off the East coast of Africa uh, called Zanzibar. And um, a lot of, a lot of generational, you know, poverty there. And so he, you know, a lot, uh, I would finish to say he was pretty traumatized by the time he got to the States and, you know, married my mother and built a life. I mean, there was, he was almost trying to outrun this, the sense of impending doom and, you know, and it was just this struggle against, and I, I witnessed that. And I watched my mother do the same thing. She had a good paying job, good benefits, and uh, she hated it. Um, And uh, she used to hate her work so much that she would actually be nauseous in the morning. She would throw up before going to work. And um, I witnessed that as a child and just, I was always asking the question, is this it? is this what it means to live? I was asking the question actively and I appreciated, I had such gratitude for them for what they were doing. And yet at the same time, I had another feeling, a deep sense of, but this isn't more. why I'm here. There's so much more to this. And I knew that they were doing the best they can, they could with, you know, with where they were, but I, I made a conscious decision as a child. I can remember thinking this, I will never, I will never live to survive. So Mm. for years, and I didn't know what that meant, what that looked like. It caused a lot of struggle, a lot of resistance. I spent many years in resistance to the system, resistance to what I should be doing. This created that resistance created a lot of hardship, financial hardship. Mm. Um, It created lots of, lots of, um, lots of, lots of stress in my life. But then I started to realize it was a process. Again, this has been a process that, you know, I heard somebody ask me this question uh, one time, it deep, deeply impacted me. Um, but it was, what if you were safe? Like, what if, have you considered the possibility that safety may befall you? You know, I've considered a lot of like the tragedies that may fall upon us, you know, the, 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 the things we may, what's the worst case scenarios, but this person said, Hey, what would happen if like, you just got inundated with safety? Have you considered what your life may be like, what it would feel like, what it would look like. And I love that question because this sense of, of being supported, taken care of, safe, grounded, abundant. The, this state of being, when, when we start to come into this state, the question is, what would you do with your life if that was the, your your foundations? What would happen? What would you want to create? And 
the answer to that question, again, now we may not, you know, doesn't matter. Somebody may, I like to ask that question to people. What, what if you actually were completely abundant in every way that you wanted to be? What would you do? What, what kind of life would you live? People say, oh, it'd be great. It'd be fantastic. Like, okay, do you know what you would do? Some people do. Many people don't. It's okay. But, but whatever that is, whatever comes from that, that's the work we're here to do. And the first thing that we're here to do is to live. I always say, people say, I don't know what my purpose is. Well, I can tell you your purpose. It starts with living. What does it mean to live? Well, it means to show up fully in this moment, to be fully here, fully participatory with the beauty and the gift and the miracle that this moment is. Because what do you see when people, unfortunately, if they get a terminal diagnosis with a disease, it's almost without fail that those folks begin to crave simple existence, just, oh, it's the little things. It's the cup of coffee. It's the, it's the meal. It's the conversation. It's the sunset. It's the sitting and breathing. It's the just life, right? So it's to be able to show up fully and participate with the, the miracle and the moment and the majesty of this moment. This is life. This is what we're here to do is to live. And, and it's in that that you begin to discover in this place of, 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 of a fearless state of not needing to survive, but we're just here. This is where um, the seeds, I would say the seeds of creation are sown into us, which are our desires. There's mm-hmm. deep seated. All of us have these deep seated desires. It's different for everybody, but through that moving into that desire, that's our work. And when we, as we move into that, just through life, just through living, showing up to this moment, we begin to live for a living and survival. But people say, oh, well, how does that pay the bills? Well, that, that, it's kind of like it's somebody asking like, well, if you want tires, you could go seek out the tires. You could go and buy a set of tires or you could just get the car. You could buy a mm-hmm. car. And if you get a car, the tires come with it. It's natural, right? It's the same thing. If you want survival, it's great, but that's small, right? It's very small. Survival comes with a life. Yeah. So thank you for that breakdown, my friend. And I can hear and feel not just the reasoning behind this this book that you've created and the work that you do, but the passion for this. And it's one thing to explain that that sort of that uh, concept, that idea. It's one thing to live it, and it sounds like you are living for a living, my friend. I want to add a perspective onto it, and. I think a lot of people listening to my show have heard me speak a lot about the chakra system. I think it may be a part of the work that you do, energetic healing. And I want to be clear, and it does sound like you're saying this too, my friend, but I want to add it in just in case. That safety, that enoughness, that security, that support, it's there inside of you. If you don't feel it, Right. If there is a disconnect from it, it's not a, it's not a gaining of this. It's more right, of a so removing of the layers that are restricting the truth from coming through. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's what you're saying, but just, just to be very clear, and I'll explain this from a chakra lens. That is, this is the reason that the the root center is often the first chakra that we work with is because that foundation of that root center, that safety, that security, that support, that, I often call connect to the inner mother that lives in that space. 
it's needed for the rest of the things to flow. What are the rest of the things? Well, Jamal was hitting on this, right? The, the, the sexuality, the creation, the abundance in the sacral, the power, the truth, the confidence in the, in the solar plexus, the connection to love and the expression of love through the heart center. You can definitely connect to all those things, but until that foundation is, is on, is on strong setting, i.e. coming back to the truth that's there to begin with, then those rest of those elements are going to be shaky from the start. So I just, I'm just affirming what you're saying, my friend, and adding in the chakras perspective that I know a lot of listeners tune into for it's, it's not, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's, but going back to the systems at play, going back to the programming, going back to the childhood trauma, the abuse, all these, the toxins in the environment, <laughs> all the things it, you have to ask the question, what do I need to remove the layers that are restricting the light from shining through? Does that, did I, did I summarize it a little bit based off what you're saying, my friend? Oh, you just so well said actually. And I'm so, I'm happy you mentioned that because there's a common tendency for people to think that I'm lacking this safety, this rootedness. I'm, I'm lacking it. How do I get it? How do I go seek it out? Is it information I need to learn or is it uh you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, they do it through relationship, right? They're looking for the love, the love of their life to to come and make them feel secure, right? To feel rooted. Codependency in. comes in. hundred percent. And the beautiful thing is, is it's just literally in your hips. It's yes. there. Yeah. It's literally right there. And if can physiologically, just, just being aware of that and say, okay, it's actually there. So, so there are ways to loosen it right to to get it a little more agile and and then to Mm. begin to tap into it to let it because it wants to move yes it wants to move up the system it very 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 practically it wants to move up the system but in every way it's it's that's the desire of it so if it is about removing those obstacles or things that are keeping it suppressed or keeping it compressed down there even in the body um, the physical body. So it's, it's huge. I mean, it's a, it's a great point you're making. And it's something that people really, really um, it's important to understand so that we don't go looking for it out there. It's actually yeah. in your body. And, and, it, and just one more point here, I want to jump to another question, but the, if it shows up in the outside world, know that that's probably the last place it's going to show up, right? If it's projecting, right. if it's projecting yeah. out into your relationships, out into, you know, not being able to get the job out into the, the partner that keeps abandoning you slash cheating on you slash rejecting you. Right. That's usually, that's still uh, Mr. Carl. I think it's Jung talks about, you know, the unconscious will get your attention in the outside world until you start to see and deal with it in the internal world. Right. So it's know that even that is working for you. Right. And don't see it as don't play the victim. Right. See it as, Oh, this is, helping me here even this even this tragic again going back to the pain teacher even this tragic pain is helping me illuminate a wound that for whatever reason i've kept in the shadows jamal i'm really enjoying this conversation my friend and i I can tell that you know that just the way that you speak and the way that you share your love i'll get you to speak about at the end but you know, you have your own podcast where you, you share all these thoughts and ideas. And I can tell just the way that you express yourself, you know, you're really good at this. And it, it really goes into the next question I want to ask you here connected to, you know, living for a living and thriving in life. 
something I've noticed, and I'm sure people tuning into this podcast have noticed, is that the podcast medium at large is quite expansive these days, right? There seems to be, you know, every single person that deserves to step into their voice is creating their own platform, right? Much like myself, much like you and many others, and everyone deserves to do so. But my question in this is, what do you feel? How does how is this connected to a shift that's occurring, right? I, for example, I see this. You know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of people that are stepping into their power, and all the podcasts that are coming out into the wilderness. To me, it's a it's a symbol of a lot of individuals creating what they do want, right? So we talked about how there are systems at play that are keeping us from recognizing our power, right? And we must realize that we don't want to fight fire with fire. A better way would be just to see it for what it is and then switching our awareness and creating something that we do want, i.e. the podcast that we get to express our power through. What are, what are your thoughts on this? What bubbles up? Um, that's a, it's a great, it's a great question. I do see the fact that um, people are finding their voice and expressing themselves twofold. Number one, I think people are finding a way to work out the angst sometimes um, of what's happening and processing and, you know, uh, a lot of extra extroverted people process uh, through, through, you know, speaking and needing that conversation to, to get clarity. Um, so that's part of it. I think part of it, I think the other part of it too, too is, is that um, when, when somebody realizes, when you realize you know, for years, um, there were, I mean, if you go back in history, right before there was the sense of I'm, I'm illiterate, I need to become literate, I need to learn how to read and to write. And then, and then it's, uh, you read the books that are published for you by the folks in, uh, authority and they determine what you can read, what you cannot read, you know, and then eventually as people became a little more empowered, they realized, well, I have something to say, you know, and then it's, but then, but as long as we think, oh, well, there's, there's a gatekeeper and we need to go through the gatekeepers and then you lose your voice by doing that. I think we're moving into, even if this is not conscious individually by many folks, I just think we're moving into a, an era in which there, the gatekeep there's, there's the gatekeepers are really not able, so to speak, to, to put a lid on the expanding consciousness of humanity and people are finding their voice. And the moment you put a lid here, the, there's another, the lid yep. comes off over here. It's just, yep. it's, it's becoming very um, voices cannot be silenced. Yep. Um, and, uh, and I love it. And I think it's, it's extremely powerful. It's needed. We've been heading here for a long time. You know, uh, if you, even if you just look at how history has unfolded, we've been moving in this direction and we still are, and it's, it's becoming, uh, becoming louder and louder. And I love it. I think that's that's beautifully said, sir, and I could not agree more. I think I, I was having this experience yesterday. You know, I was listening to a, a a podcast that I tuned into, and just the content that was on it that I was listening to. It was a topic on the consciousness of water, right, and how water has this innate spiritual awareness that that water is the the conduit in which the divine speaks through the physical, right? Water is the channel in which it's not just a thing that we drink, but it's something that, that flows, that God flows through with us, through us to connect us to reality. And 
I was just in that moment. I was like, when, where, in what system education could I go to to learn <laughs> this, right? And it was just me cooking breakfast, listening to this. And, it, and it's exactly what you're saying. It's We're now at a point, going back to the topic of this podcast, people are awakening to the truth that we can do whatever we want, right? And, I've not, and I'm not saying that in terms of a harmful way. I'm, tang- I'm saying that in terms of the potential that we've been talking about. If there is something inside of you, if you want to create a podcast where you talk purely about the consciousness of water, you can do it. Not only can you do it, there's probably going to be an audience of raving fans out there that want the same thing. A hundred percent. And I was, I've talked to people about this before and I would say, you know, a lot of times people who want to create something, right. They want to create a, a either a, a book, a film podcast, even if it's a, you know, if you're a painter or whatever it is, a lot of times what hang, people get hung up on is they, they think like, well, you know, will this be shot down? Will it be approved? Will it be accepted? Will it be? And I always say, you know, if it comes from, if it, if it's if it's if it's not coming from a, a, an attempt to get somewhere to do but it's coming from this is what the life in me is doing it doesn't matter if nobody listens to the podcast you could have zero listeners to the podcast if you speak and create from that dimension of being it will change the world because of the way energy works it doesn't even matter um, and I love that. And so I always tell people, you know, pay attention to the life in you, pay attention to what the life seeks to do. Don't worry about quote unquote, does this, what does this bring in? What does yes. it, uh, you know, what, what's the effects? Because we now have to worry about that. Life will take care of that. But the creation process, I mean, you think about how, how life is created, right? Even from a human standpoint, right? People, very rarely, I just look at like a, like an intimacy thing. Like, well, if you know, two people are in love and they're intimate, how many times are they actually going? Well, what is this going to produce right here? You know, what is this? Is this going to? Yeah, what is this going to do in the long term? And nobody's really asking that question because the life, the moment, and what's unfolding, the life process is leading them to intimacy, which then leads to creation, which then leads to abundance, right? That's the way life works. So powerful, my friend. I think, again, it goes back to what we're talking about before. We need to get away from the definition of abundance, just being money in my bank account, right? Abundance and creation energy has many other forms. And I'll I'll, I'll add one more example to this because you've inspired and it's bubbling up in me, you know, using that going back to the podcast of that one person creating the podcast, but that podcast, so no one listens to it, but that person, when they're speaking, as I feel right now, as I'm sure you feel all the time too, sir, is, you know, you feel aligned in your heart and that, and that heart frequency starts expanding. We know now this is not a conjecture anymore, even through science. Now it's being proved through the heart math Institute that the heart has an electromagnetic field. So if you're in an act of love and that act of love is just you speaking on a podcast about a topic that you love, that frequency of your heart space is expanding. And then I would ask you, what happens when you walk into a room full of people in that expanded frequency? Ask yourself the question, do people feel that? I don't know about you, my friend, but the answer is yes for me, right? 100%. 100%. So good. So good. And, you know, I, that's why I love having these kinds of conversations because it, um, 
because my heart is to, you know, is to, you know, want to bless the world, want to see the world become what the world is designed to be and the people in the world to move into. And, and I, and it's, it's, you can't lose at that. You can't fail at that when you just live. And part of, part of life is having these conversations. Yeah. You can feel it. Can feel it, my mm-hmm. friend. Uh, Jamal, I have two more questions here before I, I let you go and get on with your day. And, you know, I love you very much. Thank you for spending time with me. I've thoroughly enjoyed this dance that we've done together. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap it up, one of the last things I want to hit on, and it's, and we've been touching on it throughout this chat, but it's the idea of, you know, spirituality, right? And a big part of this show is a spiritual reconnection. I know it's a big part of your show. Why is it important, right? When we're talking about living for a living, when we're talking about the sort of fundamentals of health, when all the things that we've discussed, why is bringing a spiritual paradigm or a spiritual lens into what you do, right? And just to be, you know, careful with my words and concrete with my words, it doesn't have to be through a religious context, doesn't have to be through, you know, the quantum field, whatever your relationship what what are your thoughts on this? Why do you think this is a relevant component in living for a living? Sure, uh, great question. Uh, well, spiritual. Some people will say, you know, I'm not spiritual, or I am spiritual, but I, I always say everybody and everything is spiritual. And and what do I mean by this is because the word has been it's got a lot of baggage, right? It's been corrupted over time. So I I like to say putting the it, simplest- putting it nicely, putting it nicely. <laughs> Totally. So the way I understand spirituality or like to define it or explain it is that spirituality is simply a a dimension beyond physicality. I mean, that's really what we mean by spiritual, right? It's not physical in in the way that you can say, you know, it's here, it's not here. It's, you know, it's hard to quantify. So it's the immaterial dimension. Well, our life is immaterial. It, it comes from the immaterial. Whenever something shows up in the physical, it is always the last stage, right? Of manifestation, as you, as you mentioned earlier, right? So whether it be a disease, right? It's uh, it's always the last stage of an imbalance, right? That gets starts to manifest in physical form, um, or success, or whatever you want to call that, right? It's it, it when it by the time it shows up in the physical, it's past tense. So, for example, if you look at a night sky and see a beautiful array of stars, you know, you're literally looking back in time. It took hundreds of thousands of years for the light from some of these stars to reach here, right? So, you're not actually seeing what's happening in the present moment. You're actually looking back in time. Well, everything is that way. You know, our physical body is literally food that has been... um, metabolized over years. So you're, when you see somebody's body, you're seeing at a very physical sense, just the metabolized food from the past. Same thing with our mental body, right? Our a series of beliefs and experiences from the past, just layers. So s- spirituality, the spiritual process is simply in present. A det- it, 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 yeah, it's, it's coming. It's exactly, it is in consciousness. The way I understand consciousness is Consciousness is the dimension of perception beyond the past, beyond memory, beyond. So we're literally letting the past be the past. It let it go. It's finished. It's done. But in this moment, that the awareness of this moment is the spiritual process. And it is from that place that you can create, right? Because if, you, if we are not drawing from this moment of awareness, then really what we're left with is the 
the past patterns and the tendencies. And this is why for many people, problems or patterns tend to repeat into the future because you're, you're drawing from the past. But if you draw from this moment, this is where this is to, everything's possible. Abundance, the abundance of this moment is absolutely possible because um, that's where everything is, is in this moment. And that is the spiritual process. And that's how we create the life we want. Just got my intro to this episode right there, my friend. That was profound. And I was having a lot of dominoes in my head push over right there. And just to like add to it, I thought that was, you know, just the realization that the spiritual dynamic is the present moment and all the other, you know, and I'll just expand, not just the physical. And you alluded to this, you know, even people that we've been talking about the trauma, right, with the emotional wellness, the mental wellness, which is often our neural pathways and the belief systems that we get caught in, all those are, they're not present, right? Those are old belief systems that we keep jumping back into because we can't be present, right? It's often the, the, the definition that people talk about, you know, anxiousness is projecting into the future, you know, depression through the mental health paradigm is, you know, looking at the past. I'm generalizing, but just to point, push this point home that you're beautifully highlighting. Yeah. The spiritual relationship is a present moment relationship and it connects to everything you've been saying. Love it. Love it. My friend. Before I throw in a sort of the last question I ask everyone here, Jamal, if people have connected to your beautiful, loving energy, the way that you express yourself, you know, the way that you, you're living for a living, I would love for you to share with my audience anything that you can direct them towards. So, for example, this book that you have, the podcast that you host, what, uh, what comes up that you want to share with my audience? Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for the for being so generous with your, with your space here and for asking that question. You know, I think if people have connected to anything, you know, said I've said here and want to want to dig further and really explore further, I would, it's probably the easiest way is to go to my website, which is my first and last name, jamaljavanji.com. I have a book that, you know, living for living the information about that book, where you can get it is on my website. Obviously, I have a podcast uh, called The Love Cast with Jamal. The information's there on that on the site. And then also coaching work. I, I do um, offer um, a uh, workshop for folks who want to get started on this journey. Um, and that's all that information is there on the on the website. So people can go to jamaljavanji.com and find out more. But uh, really appreciate this conversation. You're welcome, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I think I'm going to get to this in a second, but I... I I feel it's been so enjoyable because of our dynamic and understanding of what, what love is, right? And love is, I'll let you explain it in a second, but before I get to that, <laughs> beautiful souls, if you got all those details, beautiful, but if you need to get those, get that website, get uh, Jamal's connections, if you go to the show notes of this episode and the player that you're listening to, you can go to the details and you should be able to see the links. I'll put it all there so you can go straight to Jamal's resources, his books, his coaching, so you can connect with him further. Jamal, both of our podcasts are centered around this L-O-V-E word. And a big part of this show is really helping people connect into what that spiritual dimension of what love is. So it's not just the the emotion and the fleeting experience of a, of a love encounter we might have with someone else but really understanding an embodiment of love. So I'm interested, sir, how do you, how do you personally define that love word from your perspective? 
Hmm. So that's a great question. Um, from, from a very technical standpoint, <clears throat> I would, I would, I would say that love is simply inclusion, right? So what do I mean by that? How do I, it, it, love is another way to say this is love. We experience love to the degree that we per, perceive self in another. So when we talk about loving others, if we can perceive self, whether we are consciously aware of this or not, likeness or self, then we're able to include it, include that into ourself. Um, that's, that's a very technical, I think, love is best understood though from an experiential standpoint. So I always like to say that love is something that makes you let go. Love is the awareness that causes you to let go. So even like the term falling in love, right? So somebody recognized that love is like falling. It's never climbing. It's never striving, right? It's like, it's like falling in that sense. So what do you have to do to fall? Nothing. You just let go, right? And when you let go, you fall into everything, which is inclusion. Everything belongs, everything is. And we experience that in a relationship, right? A lot of times when we have a relationship, there's some dimension of perception, which is likeness. We perceive that person. How many times do people say, oh, they're just, it's like, it's like they're me in a different body and you love this person. It's like, they totally get me. They understand me. Well, that's, that's because that person is embodying a dimension of yourself that you're seeing. And then that we call that love. And then we let go of any agenda in that moment. And, the, and that is the experience. And then we fall and uh, what's happening there. It's, it's, um, it's simply that you've let go and have fallen into everything that is, which is life, which is love. It's, it is the substance of all things in my understanding. Beautiful. My friend, as expected, uh, I felt that you would take it to a, a deep and powerful place there and uh, you did not disappoint. Um, I've, I, what I interpreted from what you were saying, I felt a lot of unity, right? Unity, lack of separation and the, the seeing of love in another, just because this was bubbling up as you said that, you know, it's often we feel that self-love is selfish, right? We feel that self-love is just me loving on myself. And definitely that is a big part of self-love, but what you said is still self-love, right? When we see something in another and we recognize it, and we also understand that that other is another unique expression of the thing that is inside of me, then that love in another is also a love inside of you, i.e. self-love. So it's beautiful, my friend. Jamal, I love you very much. And I appreciate your time today. Thank you. I receive it. Receive it in that heart. Thank you for spending time with me, podcast listeners out there in the podcast world. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for giving us your love, your attention, your energy. I hope you got some gems out of this conversation today. Again, remember if you did share it far and wide across social media and to some spaces and places, some friends, some family, some lovers that you feel can get some guidance out of this. But until next time here on the Cosmic Love Antenna, We'll have a wonderful evening, morning, night, wherever you are in the world, and we'll see you very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R.
Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid.